Are you longing for a fresh encounter with God and His Word? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. I'm here to help you experience that fresh encounter. I believe that the more we seek God and study His Word, the more He'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. Before we jump into today's episode, don't forget to check out our coaching, mentoring, Bible study resources, as well as programs and courses available at More To Be. Your financial support underwrites this podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. It has been a long time in coming to cover this topic of Sabbath, and I have asked my dear friend and regular co-host Kaylee Kelch to jump into this uh, topic with me because she's way further ahead in her uh, practice of Sabbath than I am, and I think we have so much to learn from her and, and through the lessons that I've walked through. So Kaylee, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I am excited about this topic too. Um, it's been fun watching you embark on your own journey of observing Sabbath. I actually grew up observing Sabbath. Um, so it has been just the fabric of my life um, since the time I can remember. Um, and it has always been a really special day for me. Um, so it's exciting to talk about it today. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I'm going to pick your brain on, <laughs> on the hows and the whys and the when. Sure. Of it all, but I think one thing I want to say, like right from the get-go, is that this isn't a. This episode is a reflection episode, yes. really. Like it is a, what does God's word have to say about Sabbath and rest in particular, mm-hmm. and why is it a gift? Because I think in our culture, it doesn't feel like a gift. It feels like bondage, right. and it, it can feel like legalism. It can feel mm-hmm. like rules and expectations that we never measure up to. And so we resist it, dismiss it, excuse it, and and put it off. Mm-hmm. And and there are consequences to that that I think are much much deeper and far reaching than we ever even realize on a on a day in day out basis. Well, and again, like with any of God's principles, like there shouldn't be guilt or shame around it. Like mm-hmm. He never intends for that. He gives us. Um, guidelines that are for our benefits. Yeah. And in some of that though, it's a, it's a journey and it's a process stepping into that, but he's never like, it's not a hold it over your head and condemnation because you're not doing something. Yeah. Um, but there is, there's a lot of beauty in, in this principle that, um, I think over time has just been lost. Um, yeah. this idea of Sabbath. So, yeah, I think so too. And, and one thing that has struck me is that it's a command Mm-hmm. And we don't negate the other commands of the Ten Commandments, but we we negate that, and, and we're we're going to dive into that. But I want to kind of give a little bit of backstory on why this has become so important to me. Uh, so, like rewind, you know, I came to know Jesus that semester in London, which was mm-hmm. 1993. I still can't believe that feels like a hundred years ago. I know. And, and it was, so we, that was 93, Stephen and I got married in 96 and we started working at the boarding school in 97. Okay. And then, uh, Leah was born in 2000. No, she was born in 99. So all those years, there was no, like, we need to keep Sabbath. How do we practice Sabbath? What do we do on these days? Uh, when is the Sabbath? There wasn't anything really, but then as, as Leah was getting older and we were watching other families really um, invested in the soccer community where we lived Mm -hmm. and games were on Sundays and we were very 
much passionate about wanting to all be together as a family on Sundays and not be divided. Mm -hmm. So we started making decisions about Sabbath kind of out of the pressure to figure out what are we going to do? And then years later, she was, she must've been in like fifth or sixth grade, seventh grade. We had her um, join a basketball league and we didn't know until after we committed to it, that there were Sunday games. Mm. And so we were faced with this, like, what do we do? How do we do this? We had at that point made it a practice that we wouldn't shop on Sundays and we Mm -hmm. wouldn't go out and eat on Sundays. That was our Sabbath and the kids wouldn't be in activities on Sundays. And so we had rules and they were nothing but rules like that. The purpose, (laughs) the purpose was rules. Uh, And we were trying to, I think, cultivate boundaries that felt healthy for our family. I do think there's a a purpose for that. Mm -hmm. But I look back on that and I realized that wasn't Sabbath keeping. That was rule keeping. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so over the years, the kids got older. We still tried to avoid Sunday commitments. And then we really pushed came to shove when um, our youngest started competitive riding because the, you, we didn't have choice. Like if she was going to compete on the team for riding, she had to be at the shows on these Sundays. Gotcha. And, and trying to figure out, okay, how do I, what is Sabbath? What is God calling me to? And so I've been wrestling this out for the last couple of years, like Mm -hmm. four years now. And uh, over the summer, so we're recording in February of 2020. So summer of 2018, I read um, Emotionally Healthy Leadership by Peter Scazzaro. Mm -hmm. And he uh, is a Sabbath keeping, like, to the nth degree, but he explained Sabbath in a very different way for me, where there's a place for delight in him, Mm -hmm. in the Lord. There's a place for rest. There is a ceasing from your paid work and your homework. Mm -hmm. Because what I have been doing the last couple of years is that I wouldn't do any paid work or ministry work on Sundays, Right. but I would be folding the laundry, paying the bills, preparing the meals. I would be working the entire day and I was miserable. Like I was irritable and cranky and this (laughs) isn't how I wanted to spend my Sundays and anything fun felt like it only could be done after all the responsibilities were done. Right. And in, in his book, he talks about workaholism um, Mm -hmm. and, and burnout. Mm. And I really took that to heart. Uh, in self-reflection and and he's very gracious in how he talks about sabbath mm-hmm. and building it in as a routine so i started looking for small ways to begin implementing this process and it's been imperfect for the last seven months right um but boy have i tasted the delight of it mm-hmm. and the the breathing space it has given and the shift it has and Peter Scazzaro says this, whether you read Emotionally Healthy Leadership or Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he says it in both books that basically to keep the Sabbath requires a change of life the mm-hmm. rest of the week to have these this 24-hour period blocked off. Right. He doesn't get into what day of the week it has to be or what you should be doing on those days. He more right. he more emphasizes you discerning what you shouldn't be doing <laughs> uh, rather than what you should be doing. And so for me, that has looked like 
striving imperfectly for a 24 hour mm-hmm. period, typically starting at six o'clock on Saturday through six o'clock Sunday. But I've allowed myself grace to say, if all day Saturday has felt like a Sabbath, then um, it's okay on Sunday that to do what I would have done on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like if our schedules are such with flexing with so many family members and so right. many needs. Um, but I have gotten really good at saying I am not taking off 24 hours to take care of the house. Right. That's not my job. Like I'm not doing it anymore. So that means my work hours during the week leading up to Sabbath has, have changed. Mm-hmm. My commitments have changed. The mm-hmm. things I've said no to has changed because I know by Friday, there are certain things I need to get done if I want to sit and right or sit or go wherever I want to go, do whatever I want to do during that time. Yeah. I had a, I've, I've had people ask like, how in the world do you get all of your work and housework done in six days? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's one of those things um, that God honors, like, Mm-hmm. Just like tithing, you know, I, it's amazing to watch and I hear stories from church members who um, are faithful in their tithing and somehow, I mean, God just continues to work out the money situations, even, even when it seems like it's not possible and there shouldn't be enough money. But God says, you know, I will throw open the storehouses for you. And right. I feel like this is a similar Um, or has been in my life, a similar concept of that when I am um, honoring him with the time that he has asked for, yeah, that he, he takes care of my time, my six days a week. He gives me um, and he gives me the energy or whatever to, you know, have things fall in place or he takes care of the stuff that I just can't do, you know? Right. Right. And let's right. face it, there's always stuff to be done and we never have enough time to get it done. Like if we honestly look at it. And so are, are we just going to continue going in that hamster wheel that never yeah. stops? Yep. Or do we get off for 24 hours and take time to be with him and with each other and cultivate those relationships yeah. in an intentional way? And then we get back on the hamster wheel. Right. It's still going right. to be there. <laughs> it's still going to be there. And that, that's, how, that's been one of my biggest takeaways. So like mm-hmm. not um, a weekend ago is, is kind of a classic example of how Sabbath worked for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to start it at six o'clock the night before because of, I don't remember what was going on, but it didn't start. So Sunday morning, we were up early, went to early service, came home from early service. And I basically got into my comfy clothes, had lunch grabbed my Bible and I was behind in my Bible reading by a good eight chapters. So I Mm -hmm. spent an hour reading to catch up. uh, And then I was still comfortable in my recliner and said, I'm not moving. And I read three different chapters and two different books. And then I was sleepy. So I closed my eyes and I napped in the recliner. And three hours later, it was four o'clock. And I'm like, well, it, it's, I still have two more hours of Sabbath. What am I going to 
do? Like, <laughs> like at that point, I was like, I'm ready to rock and roll here, feeling like a million bucks. Right. And um, decided to pull out some watercolors and some drawing uh, stuff. And that's so didn't, nice. didn't produce anything for Instagram. Like, right. didn't, didn't create. And the kids, this is what was so fascinating to me the freedom it gave the kids to choose for themselves what they were going to do with their mm -hmm. Sabbath. And so when I was actually doing all that reading, uh, I'd come by my son and I was like, Lukey, where, where are you? And he was in the garage cleaning the garage. And I, there was part of me that wanted to say, no, it's Sabbath. Right. You have to take a rest and can't do that. Right. But I let it go. And and I, it was the first time I think in my lifetime, I did not feel guilty for sitting when somebody else was working. Mm. That's good. Yeah. It was really freeing. It was a, it was a heart head transformation moment, but he had, he had spent three hours watching a movie the day before when I was working. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that and I said, well, okay, so he's building in periods of rest. Mm -hmm. He's following the rhythm that God is laying out for him where there's, there's work, there's rest. And he finished, I, I said, did daddy tell you to do that? He goes, no, it's just, I've made such a mess with all my building projects that's needed to get done. I was like, I ain't standing in the way for maturity. <laughs> Go for it. Right. right. And then he came in and he sat down and he watched TV. We watched TV together. And at six o'clock I was rested. I fixed dinner and then I cleaned out the linen closet that was an absolute disaster and I put stuff away and I mm -hmm. took care of the bills and I I did all that I would normally spend an entire afternoon dragging my butt through right because I was refreshed and ready to do it with joy in my heart not bitterness because I was on a hamster wheel mm -hmm. and and so it's like I walk away from that thinking and the rest of my week, everything that I had put on hold that I did not do that I could have done during those hours, God was faithful mm -hmm. to allow me to accomplish in the week that came. And I didn't start Monday irritated, frustrated, tired. Right. I started Monday thinking, God, thank you for yesterday. I can't wait till next Sunday. Right. And, and working at what do I need to do this week? What do I need to say no to? What do I need to say yes to, to carve out that space mm -hmm. the following weekend? And that was this past weekend. And I didn't spend three hours sitting in my recliner chair. Uh, we, did, we did something altogether different and that was okay. So, so what, I know you practice it very differently than I do. What does your Sabbath look like? And then we're going to, turn to Exodus and Hebrews and dive into these scriptures? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities of, of what you have described. Um, I, end up, I do Sabbath um, from Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. So mm -hmm. it fluctuates, you know, within the cycle of when sun is going down. But um, Jesus talks about like at creation that it was from, you know, he would create from sundown to sundown and it was the next day. So this idea of then celebrating from whenever sundown is to the next day, that's your 24 hour period. Um, oh. So it fluctuates that in the summer, you know, Sabbath starts a little bit later and ends a little bit later than in the winter. 
um, which is kind of nice and fun too, that like, yeah. I, I do look forward to the winter months where it kind of comes earlier. Um, and then it ends earlier. Anyways, I don't know. It's just kind of a season. Um, and then, you know, we go to church as well. And uh, is your service on Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Okay. But is that the reason why you do Friday through Saturday? Well, the actual reason is that, I mean, if you look at Genesis and then Exodus again, the language in there, he says that you have six days and you rest on the seventh day. And if you look at the calendar, Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Um, So that's where I I grew up celebrating um, the seventh day of the week is Sabbath. And, 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 and Jesus, like, I mean, he continued to keep that as well. And I know that that's a very, um, a Jewish heritage, which I'm not Jewish. Um, and I don't go to a Jewish church, but that's the idea behind it is that, yeah, it's, um, the Bible talks about the seventh day. And when you look at the calendar, that's Sabbath, uh, that's Saturday. So that's the day I've grown up keeping. I know. And I, I have been wrestling back and forth whether or not to like Sabbath from Friday to Saturday, not for that reason, Mm -hmm. but because there is something in our family's natural rhythms that we just want to seesaw work come Friday and would love that 24 hours of like rest, but our church service is Sunday morning. So it, it feels like this, like start, stop. How do I honor this? How do I not honor this? And we even had, um, begun a practice when this first started where we wanted to do Shabbat. We wanted to have dinners and, you know, kicking off Sabbath on Saturday evening with friends uh, because we, we do feel, I do feel strongly that Sabbath is fellowship opportunity. And so we wanted that connecting time. Um, And so I, I think I'm going to end up landing in a place of saying a 24 hour commitment to to this rest, to fellowship, to delight, mm-hmm. and to to connecting with God and worshiping, mm-hmm. but it may end up looking like a combination of hours between Friday afternoon through right. Sunday evening, right. where we're on and off and on and off for everybody's schedules to accommodate. Yeah, and I think that's okay. So, okay. Uh, just similar though to a Sunday church. That, I mean, there's you know the classes and yeah um, we call, call it Sabbath school versus Sunday school or Sunday. Okay. Um, and then go to church and then in the afternoon, um, a lot of times, you know, we'll spend it with, we like to do stuff outdoors. So we'll go hiking mm-hmm. or go for a walk. Um, we'll, with me working here at the school, like we plan things for the kids to do. So sometimes it will be mm-hmm. you know, going outdoors other times like this, um, this last Saturday, I took a few students to the nursing home and we went and visited people and spent time mm. with some elderly individuals. Um, so I'm trying to think of anything else. We try to like in our house, it, we've kind of done it that we try to do things that we wouldn't normally do on another day of the week. And it's similar okay. to you, you'd kind of mentioned, you know, that you don't go shopping or or go out as much maybe. And we've always taken that practice as well that, that I reserve the other days of the week to go shopping. Um, so we try to do a lot of family stuff together, but I know our, our kids, like they've always liked doing puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. So 
Sabbath will often be a time that will, especially if it's rainy or cold, and we'll get that out and put Christian music on and just make hot chocolate and um, just sit around and spend time together. Yeah. There's definitely the nap time. Um, oh, I love those. Naps. Not every, not every week, but um, yeah, there's definitely like just that or reading. Um, mm-hmm. When the kids were younger, there was a lot more like, yes, the puzzles are playing together, doing something. Um, now that they're older, yeah, it might be just quiet time and reading or um, watching. There's a new, um, program out the chosen I told you yes I'd sent you the app so you know we might choose to do something like that that we're watching about the life of Christ or doing some a Christian film um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's those kind of things yeah yeah it's it's the slowdown and for the workaholics among us that's a hard hard thing oh it is I, I hear people say I just can't sit. I can't stop. Mm -hmm. I can't. Um, but, but I don't enjoy resting. I don't enjoy doing nothing. And I, um, I'm really have flipped. Mm -hmm. I flipped. I'm on the other side of that now because that was me. Mm -hmm. And, and I would say busyness is our drug of choice. Productivity is a drug of choice. It's no different than drinking or sex or, or food or gambling or whatever. It is that, if it gives us comfort, then it, then it is our idol. And if it is right. our idol, then it is what we worship. And if it is what we worship, then we are not worshiping God. And I can only say that with my hand raised uh, of, hello, I'm Lisa Pulliam. I'm a recovering workaholic. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, take the, the log out of my own eye first. Like this, it was my drug of choice. It was yeah. both what I was taught. And it was um, what made me feel good about myself and learning to let it go is hard because like, you know, there's still laundry baskets in the living room Mm -hmm. that need to be folded. And those would have ideally been done before Sabbath and they weren't. Right. And I had two choices. I could either just fold them. Right. uh, Which in the past I would have, or I could leave them or my third choice, I could hide them. So now I hide them. Uh, and I pull them back out <laughs> when, when Sabbath is over and right. they're still there. Well, and I think, I mean, I, I love hearing your side and your story because I did, I grew up with it and it was not, it was something that I never rebelled against. And I don't know if it's just like, it was deep in my heart of, I just enjoyed this time or what it was, but like, I never rebelled against it. And in fact, when I got to college, which is when I feel like I could have pushed back or like yeah. done my own thing. Like it honestly took on such a sweeter tone than it had ever done in my, you know, and growing up because college was really stressful for me. I was, I am, I'm a very driven person. I am very like motivated and and I wanted the grades and I, and I was determined to get the internships and be active, like to Mm -hmm. make a name for myself. So like there was, I, I get the whole busyness and like focus and yet, man, Friday night would hit and the, the, I was at a, Christian college and mm-hmm. there was a service Friday evening. And so like it was, it was just this sweet time to step apart, to go worship with other believers. And then the next day there would still be church or I would, I'd go 
especially after I started dating my husband, like we would go out and go rock climbing and spend the whole day in nature. Yeah. It's always just this time to step apart and to breathe and to not worry about anything. And I honestly, like I was able, I'd be like, it didn't matter what projects were coming up. I knew I would hit it Saturday night or Sunday, whenever, like, mm-hmm. but, oh man, that time to just stop was priceless. Yeah. Yeah. It is so important. I'm glad you're mentioning college because I know for college students, there's so many that feel like I just can't, you don't understand. I'm like, yeah, I do actually. And you do too. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to look at what the scriptures have to say and where we get this principle sure. of from. So you know, Genesis uh, two is, mm-hmm. is the introduction of the concept really um, on the seventh day, this is Genesis two, two God had completed his work that he had done. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous that he feels like he completed. Right. Um, that's our trouble. We don't feel like it was completed. Right. Uh, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy for on it. He rested from all of creation. Uh, yeah, and if the God of the universe like took a break, I mean, how much more is he giving us the ability and saying like, yeah, yeah, you need it. Like you're human, you're finite. And this is probably like in hindsight, this could potentially become my most favorite perspective of God is Mm -hmm. that he did it before he told us to. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a lot of situations in which God himself, not Jesus, but God himself Mm -hmm. um, says to do something because he's done it. Right. But when it comes to rest and ceasing our work, it it is black and white. Mm -hmm. And so when we, we get the commandment for it in um, the 10 commandments. So Mm -hmm. uh, when I was looking at it in Exodus 20, it's the eighth verse and it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy you are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. You must not do any work for your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. So, it, well, and this is the only commandment or all the others, well, except for the, the fifth, um, talking about honoring your father and mother, they all yes. say you must, or thou shalt in the old King James, but the fourth commandment is this like, remember mm. it's mm. a whole different tone to it. It's, it's a, I feel like it's this relational invitation yep. to, step aside and to set apart. And, and he goes back to, it's the same kind of um, language in Genesis of you've had six days and, and it's that he remembered to keep it holy and looking at, you know, what God said in Genesis, he blessed it and declared it holy. Like there is something sacred and special about this day. And if we step into it, we are, um, we're receiving that blessing. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's there for us. I totally see it. I also see it. This jumped out to me, the length of that command that it took one, two, multiple sentences, one, two, 
there's three verses, right. four verses, verses eight through 11, multiple sentences. The only other command that takes that long for God to explain is do not make an idol for yourself. Right. Uh, that's a good point. And I, and I don't think that's accidental, right? Mm-hmm. Like the reason we don't keep the Sabbath is because we've made an idol of our productivity. Yeah. Very much We've made so. an idol of, of our accomplishments, our identity, well, our time, our... our time, whatever we've made this idol of it. And so I, I also found myself when I was reading this, I'm like, okay, so there's seven days a week in our culture. We work five paid days. Some people have to work six paid days, but right. the traditional work week in American culture is Monday through Friday. Correct. It's considered 40 hours. That's like your traditional right. work week. So Saturday could technically be set apart for your home work day. Mm-hmm. And, and then Sunday could be your day of rest from all your work. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow, um, maybe we've got too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're overscheduled. Maybe we have too many clothes. Maybe we have too right. many rooms. Maybe we have too much to clean. Like, Maybe we have too many credit cards. And, and uh, you know, Scazzaro starts to allude to that in, in one of the books that I was just reading of his where, you know, they cut down so they have one credit card. That certainly simplifies things. One credit right. card, one bill. Right. Right? Well, and then, I mean, you jump into the whole materialism, you know, like, do you yeah. really need another day to go shopping? You know, what are you yeah. actually chasing? What are we? What are we actually chasing yeah. after? And that's where, you know, when God's like, I feel like too – it's this command is not just for us, but he's including like, you shouldn't work uh-huh. your sons and daughters, your yeah. back then your servants, your livestock, um, foreigners, like he covers everybody. So like, are we causing, like, are we able to rest? But then we're like, Hey, you do that. You do that. I need you to run here. Or do, are we letting everybody rest yes. within our circle of influence? And that's where, I, you know, and I guess, you know, we can read into all kinds of things and I'm not saying I have the answers, but you know, that's where the choice of not going out yeah. to go shopping, it's like, I grant those people are working regardless, you know, like I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. forcing them to be out there, but it's kind of this concept of like, am I taking a rest and I, am I letting other people rest yeah. or am I imposing like, Hey, I need you to do this for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby have figured out how to say, we're, we're not working on these, on these days. Right. They're choosing to yeah. give their employees a break. Yeah. And yeah. Honoring. And I feel like in turn, like, I mean, they haven't gone under yet, you know? No, like- no, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. So, so another passage in which it, in uh, Exodus, we get to read it again about the Sabbath. So I'm looking at Exodus right. uh, 31 verses 12 uh, through 17. Mm-hmm. And it says, the Lord said to Moses, and then I'm like, okay, let's pay attention. Tell the Israelites. So he's reiterating this. You must observe the Sabbaths, um, which I think is interesting. It's plural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For is a sign between me and you throughout your generations so that you will know that I am the Lord who consecrates you. The Sabbath if the Sabbath purpose is for us to pay more attention to God, mm-hmm. to remember, which you pulled out that word from, from the original commands, remember your God, mm-hmm. uh, observe the Sabbath for his holy, for holy to you. Whoever profanes, it must be put to death. 
if anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. Oh, good grief. Right? I know. It suddenly gets very... <laughs> it gets rather severe. Um, really? Yes. <laughs> uh, work, must, work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day, there must be a Sabbath, Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Anyone who does work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. You know, and this is why the Pharisees were calling out Jesus. Right. Right. They're referring to this portion of the law. Uh, anyone who does, uh, the Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it throughout their generations as a permanent covenant it is a sign forever between me and the Israelites. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And um, that, that word rested mm-hmm. in the Greek is shab- Shabbath. Um, it's actually huh. S-H-A-B-A-T-H, which I thought was interesting. It's kind of a like hybrid. Shabbat. Shabbat, right? He ceased, uh, desist, put to an end, remove. Hmm. And um, refreshed means uh, to breathe as in passively. Hmm. And that is, I, I think that's like one of the best modern day versions of, of conceptualizing Sabbath as breathing room. Right. Breathing room. It's space to breathe. And the refreshment that comes from that. And so the rest isn't this physically sit down, stare at the wall, do nothing. Right. It, is, it is cease, desist in the paid work and the chores of life to breathe. Right. Well, Take breathing and, space. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea, like he mentions that it's a covenant. A covenant is a, a relationship and an agreement yeah. And I feel like this is like, it's our opportunity to once again, like, are we going to place our trust in God? Yeah. And that he's going to take care of the other days, or are we going to place our trust in our own abilities to earn our income or to run around and get more stuff or to mm-hmm. you name it. Yeah. Um, and it does. I like the link that you went back to of like the idolatry, like, what are we placing above God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is that I, you know, I keep on coming back to this expression, cease endlessly striving, right? Like this is yeah. my, like, what are we, what are we striving to? And, you know, the Lord has been moving me into a season of restoration. And so I wanted to flip over. So the new Testament, we get the, this um, phraseology from Jesus, he, where he tells them, I'm looking at Mark two right now. Uh, in the last verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We see that in, in multiple places where, where Jesus is saying that he is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Pharisees keep trying to catch him. <laughs> right. In this, in this, but you're doing this on the Sabbath. Isn't that work? You're doing this on the Sabbath. Isn't right. that work? And yet, first off, he is Lord of the Sabbath. Right. And he is accomplishing kingdom purposes of healing. He's right. his paid work. Right. Well, in the Pharisees at that point in time, there were so many laws surrounding the Sabbath. Um, there's like hundreds of them. Yes. And they were so worried. They had, they had swung the pendulum of the, yeah. you know, 
here the Israelites over the years had broken God's covenant. They yeah. had not stayed faithful to him. Really, which when I, man, I had never thought of this link before, but went back to idolatry. Like yeah. they were had actual idols that they were putting in place of God. Yeah. And so they had forgotten the rest of his commandments. They weren't keeping his Sabbath. No. And so they would be taken into captivity. So here, you know, these religious leaders like, well, what are we going to do? We don't want to go into captivity. So let's make even more rules so that then you can't possibly break it. If you are following everything, you can't, you can only walk a certain distance and you can't, you have to pin your um, handkerchief to your your clothes because if you were to carry that handkerchief, that would be work. So we don't want you working on the Sabbath. So pin it to yourself. You know, so they had all these little things because they felt like if they they held to that letter of the law, then they wouldn't ever misstep. And then God would give them blessings. Like they had it so skewed. And yet Jesus comes along and he's doing good on the Sabbath. He's ministering to people and he observed the Sabbath. He went into the synagogue. He time out to rest. He read the scriptures. Like he didn't disregard all of that and suddenly write it all away. Right. Write it off. Um, but they had missed the beauty of the Sabbath, which was communing with God, doing good things, and communing with other people. Yeah. And yeah. God brought that back with his interactions with the people that he healed. Yep. Um, with, you know, the time that he did spend with God, with the time he spent with his disciples. Um, yeah. And I do believe that God, that Jesus rested on the Sabbath when he was down on this earth. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's plenty of of that. And I also think, well, I want to turn to Hebrews four because I think, I think we can see um, Jesus, how he was Lord of the Sabbath as we read through Mm -hmm. his, his examples and his responses to the Pharisees. But I think there's another part of Sabbath that I had never considered before that is really profound to me. And as we, you know, kind of wrap up this topic, I want Mm -hmm. to land in, in Ephesians, in Hebrews chapter three and four, mm-hmm. we, we see this word rest come up and again mm-hmm. and again and again. And so I started really looking into it. So um, in chapter, th- the reason I went to chapter three is because chapter four begins with therefore. So therefore, mm-hmm. since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be, fa- be found to have fallen short. So whenever I start a new chapter and I see that there's a therefore, we have to go back and see why is it therefore. And so if you go back to chapter three, um, it, it picking up at verse seven, the Holy spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness or it's old Testament, Mm -hmm. the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years where your fathers tested me, tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was provoked to anger with that generation then said they will always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. Mm. And I was like, what is this rest that we're talking about? Is it the promised right. land? What is it that we're talking about? Uh, and he continues, watch out brothers and sisters. So there won't be any of you in any of you won't be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage each other daily. So while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception for we have become participants in Christ. If we hold firmly until the end of reality that we had at the start, 
as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. I mean, so Paul is talking to the Jewish people, the Hebrews Mm -hmm. and, and saying, don't, don't forget, don't forget what happened. This, you don't want to do this now for you heard and rebelled. Wasn't it all who came out of Egypt under Moses with whom God was angry for 40 years? Wasn't it with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief, the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then verse uh, one on chapter four says, therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you to be found to have fallen short. So that word rest in the Greek is, I'm going to screw it up. It catapoes. I don't know how to say it, but it means calming winds, resting place, heavenly blessedness in which God dwells promised to those persevering believers in Christ after the trials uh, and uh, toils of life on earth are ended. Hmm. It's an eternal rest Mm -hmm. after everything here is done that God has promised to those of us who believe. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, why are we talking about eternal rest here? But if you continue in chapter four, for we who have believed enter the rest in keeping what he has said. So I swore my anger, they will not enter my rest. We're going like, you know, Paul always uses the same words round and round. Right, I know. Keep it straight. Uh, Even though his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. Verse four, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. I think that's so funny. And and, and IV says, for the scriptures uh, tell us, uh, Mm -hmm. but in this CSB, it says for somewhere he has spoken of the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God rested from all of his works. That rest is an earthly rest. It Mm is katupeo in Greek. Okay. That rest means to make quiet, to cause to be at rest, to grant rest, to lead a quiet abode, to be still, restrain, to cause one striving to do something, to desist from that, to rest, take rest. So in that sentence here, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. Again, in that passage, it says, they will never enter my rest. Those are two different rests. Mm-hmm. One is this kind of earthly physical rest. And one is this eternal promise of rest. When I feel like God's, God's giving us and wants to give us the ability to rest here on this earth that we're not waiting just for eternity. That the, that's my takeaway that Sabbath is meant to be a taste of eternity on earth. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, that is a (laughs) profound thought. Like we already know we're foreigners in a foreign land and we are, are yearning for a better place. And God is saying, I I get to give you a taste every seventh day. Right. I mean, it just is mind blowing to me that sitting mm-hmm. in my recliner chair, reading and sleeping is a taste of heaven. Mm-hmm. Walking, taking a hike with your family is a taste of heaven. Yep. 
Visiting an art museum is a taste of heaven. Skiing is a taste of heaven. A trail ride is a taste of heaven. Watercolor is a taste of heaven. Like all these things that, that reap no profit financially, that accomplish no earthly tasks, that give us right. no credentials, that accomplish nothing but pure joy is a taste of heaven. Well, and, and if half of the stuff that you listed off is either relational or cre- creative. Yes. And like you think about like God is a relational God and he is a creative God. Right. And right. like, and, and all of these things that, yes, like you said, uh, you know, don't bring us any monetary or even probably put us on the next level of whatever, you know, yeah. which we're always striving for is climbing this ladder. Like yeah. these are all personal things or interpersonal, th- you know, yeah. um, relational things that reaps no, what we would the call the earth what the world would call of like oh you're you're reaping some kind of benefit yeah because the world looks at monetary the world looks at success right it's crazy but god looks at the heart like this this all goes back to i think this idea of where our heart is and what we're connected to I know. And I do think it goes back to that. And so I hear somebody on the other end of this podcast saying, but I have fun when I organize my basement and clean out my closet. That's fun for me. That's not work. That's fun for me. Right. And I would push back on that a little bit and say, are you, are you gaining any ego through that experience? Hmm. Is it somehow checking a box? Right. Is it somehow linked to feeling like you're in control? Is it somehow uh, makes you feel good? Cause that's the only way you know how to feel good. Cause that's all you've ever been taught or practiced. Right. Well, and it, you know, and I guess some of my barometer of like, is that something you can do on any day of the week? Yeah. Or it's like, Oh, it has to happen on Sabbath. Yeah. If yeah. it can, you know, and I grant, yes, you could say, well, you can go walking on a different day of the week, but yeah, it's these, it's these ideas of something kind of set aside and special. I feel like God yeah. kind of, you know, points us out of like, it's set aside for what, for a special purpose. Yeah. So are we doing things that are special and that connect us with him and with each other? Or is it all, again, I guess maybe it goes, you know, is it about yeah. me and yeah. my desires? I think that's important. And I think the relational component cannot be minimized. Right. So I couldn't physically have somebody really help me with the closet. I mean, I guess I could drag one of the kids along <laughs> with it, but you know, that that's not rest for them. That would be work for them. And so right. I suppose in a perfect situation where you have two delighted home organizers working together, that's sure. not rest and that's delight and then go right. for it. So right. we're not Sabbath police here. no. Right. And so what it's going to look like for one person is going to look different yeah. for another and how it's going to play out in a, in a family. But I think the, the big takeaway here is this idea that there is an earthly rest and there's an eternal yeah. rest. And God has built both into the Sabbath for us. Well, and this is where too, like, are we seeking the Holy Spirit and asking him for his guidance? Because yes, the, you know, the Bible doesn't give us specifics. We have this, yeah. remember the Sabbath day, you have six days, give me the yeah. seventh. But it doesn't say thou shalt not go swimming or trail riding or, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do think at times we could, 
maybe fall into this Pharisee mode of like, oh, that's doing this or that. And I think yeah. we have to step back from that and say, God, like, is this honoring you? Or, you know, and and for our family, is this honoring you and your day? Or is this stepping outside of, yeah, we yeah. can do this another day or we should do this another day. You know, you know our heart and you know where we're at. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to... um let me read the last couple of verses of this particular passage and then uh, just to close with God's word. Yeah. And then would you pray for us yeah. as, we, as we close? Because I think we, we hit all the points here. Um, so verse eight says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. And so even that Sabbath rest, uh, that expression is keeping in Sabbath. And then it, it, it reiterates again, a blessed rest from toils and troubles mm-hmm. looked for in the age to come by true worshipers of God and true Christians. And so this idea that we're living, we're living in the here with right. the mindset of the there. Yep. Oh, that's good. It's so good. So would you uh, close us in prayer, Kaylee? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love and for your example to us. Thank you for uh, the gift of Sabbath and the rest that you promise us on that day. Um, and Lord, wherever each of us may be at, I would just ask that you would um, bring us closer to you, that you would unlock Um, the direction that you want us to go and this concept of Sabbath. Maybe some of our listeners, this is the first time they've heard it. And Lord, may it be a delight to them. May they come to you and trust that you will take care of the other six days and that they can fully accept a rest here on this earth and um, look forward to the rest that we will receive in heaven. May we continue to just draw closer to you each and every day. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the More to Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. This podcast is made possible through your financial support. To become a valuable supporter, visit the More to Be shop and join the sisterhood. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.